season over. But for real this time, ladies and gentlemen, that's right. Week 18 of the NFL season, the final week of the NFL regular season, has concluded. The Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of a big win over the Cleveland Browns 28-14. Unfortunately, that win was not enough to get them into the playoffs as the Miami Dolphins also won their game by an astounding 9-6. So the Pittsburgh Steelers season is over. Zach and I are going to give you a season review. We're going to give you some team superlatives. We're going to look at things that might happen next year as well as things that we want to happen next year. And after that, we're going to give a quick overview of the playoffs because everybody loves playoffs. We're going to give our predictions for who's going to go to the Super Bowl in the playoffs. And after that, we will conclude, as we always do, with Zach's Hot Take of the Week. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Two Steelers fans in a pro football world. I am Zach. And I am Dill. And we are here to bring you all of the news from the NFL, USFL, and XFL from a Pittsburgh Steelers fan's perspective. And I would look, first like to say uh, we apologize for the uh, lack of episodes the last couple of weeks. Holidays, getting back to school was uh, very hectic, but we are back in full force. And, uh, and I'm, we... I'm also technologically incompetent, so I'll throw that I'll throw that out there. Yeah, we were going to try and get one out, but we, we still couldn't figure out how to do his solo episode. I, I think I'm just stupid, but I'm not entirely sure. It's okay. We'll we'll figure you out at some point, Dill. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen. Ah, uh, well, we can only hope. <laughs> so, uh, but we will be back uh, fairly regularly, um, or as regularly as we can be uh, in the coming months. Uh, leading into the off-season draft and regular season for 2023-2024. Uh, we will also be a uh, majority of the playoffs, looking at it from a uh, Steelers perspective and just NFL perspective. Um, and we should have some XFL news coming out pretty soon, leading into the XFL season in February. Yep, that so, schedule just came out, so we'll be going over a couple of those games as as that season rolls on. But I highly doubt it's going to be anything super noteworthy. Right, but we we will still give you the uh, important notes from that. But, uh, yes, it should be a very interesting year for football, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Uh, but first of all, we are going to go into a season recap of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, just kind of a general overview. Uh, started off really well when the first game um well actually like and when i say started off really well i mean yeah we started off really well in the first game and then almost choked a huge lead but somehow still came away with a win that was one of our few wins in the first half of the season because the first half of the season was atrocious halfway through the season we're like yeah tomlin's not keeping his winning record streak we're screwed we got to win one or we got to uh, win all but w- at least one of the like last remaining games. Very little way this is going to happen. Somehow, though, the Steelers in typical Steelers in Mike Tomlin fashion pull it out at the end of the season. Uh, their last, what was it? I believe seven games. They only lost one. They won uh, six out of their se- last seven games, uh, which was incredible. Yeah, um, really. Pull, and I, I think you really got to attribute a lot of that to um, the explosion of Kenny Pickett um, and that offense kind of finally learning how to click. Not really in the first three quarters. Uh, we really didn't do much there. But, man, our offense really learned how to break out in the, that fourth quarter. Specifically uh, game winning drives. 
Yeah, yeah. Not not even the full fourth quarter. Just just the game winning moments. Um, but you know, with our offense slacking at the beginning and having to come back, you know, our defense, our defense was the one that real like normal, like usual, really kept us in those games, allowed us to win, and allowed Kenny to do what he did at the end. Not taking anything away from Pickett. I mean, he was exceptional for a rookie in the situation that he was in. But our defense really stepped up towards the end there. I don't think they allowed more than 20 points outside of that game against the Bengals a single time in those last seven weeks. Yeah, no, that that was that was the key, man. That was the key. That's what we needed. Um, against the first loss to the Ravens, or I guess our only loss to the Ravens, they allowed a ton of rushing yards, uh, which is why we ended up losing that game. Be- also, we lost that game because Mitch uh, decided he was going to become a Baltimore Raven that Correct. day. Yes, um, but that was another reason why we lost that game because we had a chance to win. Uh, we just had to stop on one of those drives and we didn't. And then after that, we didn't allow over a hundred yards to any running back for the rest of the season. Um, if I remember right, we didn't allow over 75 rushing yards to any running back for the rest of the season. So that, that was a big thing. We finally, like there we were able to, uh, readjust our run blocking scheme. Like th- the biggest thing that is the reason why the Steelers had a winning season were in playoff contention is they were able to adjust and they were able to learn. And so many people, even like this year too, I mean, even some Steelers fans that wanted Mike Tomlin to go were like, we kind of don't want us to have a winning season because that's just going to give Tomlin more ammunition. I'm like, I also the- said that. What? I said, I also said that. I'm pretty sure I said it on tape like it's in an episode somewhere it's probably yeah. in more than one episode too and like the thing is is again in some cases i don't think a change of scenery would be terrible but look we said it in i think our last episode which was about three weeks ago we said it like where is the love for tomlin when things go right like a lot of people love to put his winning record in the hands of Ben Roethlisberger because Ben Roethlisberger was there for his or uh, all of Tomlin's winning seasons except this one likes to put in they like to put in the hands of TJ Watt and Cam Hayward in recent years where's Tomlin's recognition for it the the NFL gives it to him the Steelers fans don't and I know we're so or like we're really concerned about the the Super Bowl wins that he's only got one we got barely any playoff wins. That's a legit concern. That's something that we do have to address, and we do have to figure out what exactly is wrong there. But if Tomlin do- like doesn't get the credit for the winning seasons, why is he getting the credit for losing in the playoffs? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna add another point onto that because I I was scrolling through Twitter earlier today, which you know you always know how well that goes, and you know a bunch of like the sports commentators and stuff are like. I, it's just they constantly talk about the fact that Tomlin has, I think, three playoff wins in 12 games or 12 years or something like that. It's a, some, like, really, honestly, absurdly low number. And like you just said, that's fine. Like, you have to address that. But also, like, you know, people always say, oh, well, the regular season doesn't count. And, you know, X, Y, and Z and basically synonyms for what I just said. And and to a T, you know, that's not to a T. Jeez. To a, to a point, like, that is that's true. But at the same time, would you rather we lose 
and lose and lose and lose and lose and get high draft pick after high draft pick after high draft pick and have head coach after head coach after head coach and become the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Lions. Like, I feel Steelers fans are just absurdly spoiled because we don't know what it's like to lose. We only know what it's like to win. And so to a certain degree, yeah, again, the playoff wins, we got to figure that out because with all the talent that he has, he probably should have more Super Bowls. There's no, no one is, no one's denying that. But we're, what, like, you can't always just take the bad and the bad and the bad and the bad and the bad. And when, when things get stale in a franchise, people tend to blame the head coach because the head coach is like the foundation of what makes football football. And that's a reasonable assumption, right? We're going to go straight to the head coach. But at the same time, like, what is the culture that we've built? People say, oh, we've built a culture of mediocrity. And again, to a T, you know, that's kind of accurate. Like, up to this point, we have kind of a culture of mediocrity because we're not winning playoff games and we're running in the regular season. Okay, fine. But would you rather have mediocrity that could, given a couple, given like a whole new generation of players, turn into like a superlative, or would you rather clean house and have 20 years of bad coaching, bad players, and just bad decisions by the ownership? So I feel like people, people think that firing Tomlin would fix would quote fix all of the quote problems. And I just, I, the bet, I promise you that's not how that would go. That is just simply not what would happen. I totally agree. I'm like, you're bringing in a new generation. If look, is he the perfect head coach? Probably not. That's not what we're saying, but he's somebody that's been around the league and you know what? It might not be in playoff games. But this man knows how to win, and you can't argue with that. I'm throwing this out there, too. Where is all this criticism of Jim Harbaugh of Baltimore Ravens? Does the exact same thing, except he has, I think, one playoff win in the last, like, eight years or so. Exactly, with an MVP quarterback. Like, Ben Roethlisberger was always amazing. Now, granted, but he never won MVP, and that's because he was in the Did I say Jim Harbaugh? I meant John. I don't know, whichever Harbaugh brother it is. Yeah, well, Jim Harbaugh did coach in the NFL, and he also – Never won a Super Bowl, so. Um, but either way, like now, Ben Roethlisberger never won an MVP, likely because he was playing in the same era as Brady and Rodgers and Manning, and would always get overlooked on all of his best seasons. But we won a Super Bowl twice with him, and he was never an MVP quarterback. Lamar Jackson was an MVP. He had one of the best defenses on the other side of the ball too, and they were a first game exit. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly the same point. It's like these other coaches with like a, the, the only reason why they're not getting the same media like criticism is because they don't have a record. That's why they're not getting the criticism. People want Tomlin to fail because they hate his record and that he doesn't necessarily have the best things to show for it. I'm like, OK, he doesn't. But it's, it's exactly the point that you brought up earlier. Do we want to be mediocre? Or not not even mediocre. Do we want to, like, fail? Like, do we want to just have, like, the worst team in the league? Because you know what? I have been so content and so fortunate to have grown up in an era of the Steelers where we, since I've been alive, we have never been the bottom. We have never been out of contention or relevancy. I I really like personally. It, it yeah, it's probably because I haven't seen it otherwise. But I don't want to. I don't want to go back to that person. If we don't have to, 
I don't want to go back to that. And with the talent that we have on this roster, we don't have to right now. Why are you wishing for these rookies to have a losing season and have that in the back of their minds when instead they can pull themselves from a two and what was it? Two and six record to somehow have a winning season. Yeah, I think it was Miles Jack who said he went into the locker room at two and six and was he was he goes and he was quoted saying this to report. He was like, I was I was waiting for everybody to panic. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. And it just never happened. Like that's and he comes from an organization that is what the Steelers would turn into if like we just started firing people left and right. Like that's that's what would happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the Jags they're getting relevant again, which is kind of good for me because it means my very first hot take on the show was actually starting to become right. So what is, I don't uh, remember what it was. I'll have to go back and watch that. Jags would actually be like playoff bound and be relevant and actually like make a legitimate stand in the NFL very recently and be a really dangerous team. And they legitimately are like, I, my, my first hot take exactly though. It was like, they will make a super bowl push at some point in the next couple of years. And it's like, granted, they might not make it past the first round this year, but they're, I mean, they're in the playoffs. So they're technically pretty close to making a super bowl push. And next year could be legitimately better. So, like, yeah. Hey, I kind of got my first one right. So I'll take it. But, like, yeah. So they're starting to become relevant now after so many years of doing nothing. The Browns thought they were going to become relevant when they beat us in the playoff game. And, you know, now they're back to being terrible. Dude, literally, one of my favorite stats that I've seen recently is that, you know, they, even though they beat us in the playoff game that year, the last time the Browns had a better record than the Steelers, the internet was invented. Uh, they were sending the first space or the first GPS shuttles in the space, and the Simpsons premiered. Wow! So, I, again, I don't want to sink to that level of the NFL. Yeah. And Tomlin is Tomlin right now because nobody else has been in our organization longer. So, yes, Tomlin right now is the reason why we are in that position. And you know what? I'm going to keep it. And it's something that we said in earlier episodes. If he's gone in like three, four years, I'm okay with that because he would have time to bring in this really young generation into the into the Steelers organization, train them in that you know, at least maybe, you know, it's not the best mindset for the playoffs, but that regular season winning mindset, because as much as people like to say the regular season doesn't mean anything, well, I'm sorry if you lose all your regular season games. I don't care if you were going to be good in the playoffs. You're not going to get there. So regular seasons matter, guys. They do matter. Yeah. Like, that's the only way you get to the playoffs. Especially so, for a team that's in flux. Because the Steelers are definitely in flux. And he, this man's still managing to pull out winning records at a time when the team is, like, transitioning. Right. He in that What Miles Jack said, he, it's a team that when we get into these tricky situations, we don't panic. In that case, it was a two, when we were at a 2-6 and six record. But that translates to when we're down by six points and we're going into the fourth quarter or maybe you know we're down by six points so we're going into the last two minutes it translates into that we don't panic it's like mike tomlin says we don't blink like 
again, say what you want about this man, but he finds a way to win. Maybe not always when it counts, but he finds a way to get these guys to know how to win. And that's going to eventually translate into playoff wins, whether it's with Mike Tomlin or without Mike Tomlin. So that well, that's that was a tangent like, and a half. Yeah, I was gonna say we we definitely spent a lot of time on him. Um, but I think you know what, since we're already talking about that and we're talking about like Tomlin and what would happen if we fired him, I think. But why don't we go into the off season? Let's let's talk about what we want to do in the off season. What we want to see, what might happen, and then we'll after we'll after that we'll do our superlatives and then our playoff predictions and the schedule remains the same from there all right agreed all right but yeah going into um what we want to see in the offseason well if i want to see anybody fired you all know who i'm gonna say yep the devil from the north himself matt canada and uh what hurts is that a lot of steelers players or not players or but uh fans have been saying it's like yeah, but you know he he's he's been calling better games recently. Like, do, do we like shouldn't we keep him on? Like, do we really want to sign a new offensive coordinator to uh, like and change the scheme just to you know like have that scheme be like I guess weird next year? Like, do we really want to change the scheme right now? I'm like, we have a whole freaking off season. If they can't learn a new scheme in a whole off season, I don't want to be a fan of this team anyway. <laughs> Like, what What kind of argument is that? Now is, like, you could make that argument halfway through the season when we thought we were going to fire him at the bye. Okay, that's a good argument there. Right now? Yeah, I think now is a pretty good time to make a new scheme, all right? Yeah, I mean, now is the opportune time. Especially because all these other teams are firing their, coordin- their offensive coordinators, like the Jets and the Cardinals and all that junk. Like, you need to find somebody before they get, he gets snatched up like in potential free agency, like you need to find him. Like, honestly, the offensive coordinator, well, not the, off- um, well, Cliff Kingsbury was just fired from Arizona. That wouldn't be a terrible pickup. Like granted, he kind of screwed Kyler Murray, but I don't think Kyler Murray is necessarily the best QB. I think he's pretty overrated. Personally. Uh, yeah. I mean, they had to put a homework clause in this contract. Like, come on. Yeah. So I mean, that's that just shouldn't happen. But exactly. I mean, I wouldn't mind him as a coordinator. You're right. Exactly. He, he's definitely not. I, I agree with Arizona. He's not head coach worthy. He's really done nothing with them. Uh, they were one of the hottest teams in the NFL last and, and were a first round exit. So yeah. like, yeah, I but I could bring I, I could reasonably see bringing him in on like offensive coordinator because you know what? He's he's got some decent plans he had a really high-flying offense at the beginning of last season true um and he's an offensive-minded coach like that's a big thing that's honestly i think another reason why he was losing is one he had an overrated quarterback and two his defense just you know he had a couple star players on there but they weren't doing what they needed to because he wasn't that that wasn't his personal focus so if he's only thinking about the offense that's going to be a little bit better so that kind of goes into what, what we might want to see is I would be down with Cliff Kingsbury possibly coming in as an OC there. Yep. Um, but look, yeah, Matt Canada, you know, we were, we were winning at the end of the season. Our offense was doing what they needed to. But still in two of our best games, 
we got 16 or no, we got 13 and 16 points with the offensive caliber that we had. Like we don't have a slacking offense. We have a good talented offense and we won mainly because of our defense. Like, Okay, he's calling good game-winning drives, but also there's a video of Kenny Pickett saying that he can't looking at the box saying I can't hear you and calling a really good play. Yeah. So, who was and, calling the game-winning drives? That's and and the it seems like then when the no huddles working like con- consistently, that tells you that the play calling is probably what the issue is. Exactly. And okay, our our offense was clicking pretty well against the Browns. But it's the Browns. Yeah. That's all I need to say, guys. Like, yeah. I, I think that most offenses would click against the Browns just because they're the Browns. Right. And look, I'm not going to deny that our offense looked better. Matt Canada had better play calling. There was improvement as the year went on. But I don't know if that improvement was anything remotely close enough to actually give me confidence that we should keep him. But it sounds like Mike Tomlin, before he makes a decision with what happens with Matt Canada, he's going to consult Kenny Pickett as the leader of our offense to see exactly what he wants to do, who he might want to bring in, if he wants a new coordinator, if he wants to keep Matt Canada. Um, So this could be partially in the hands of Kenny Pickett. Now, I don't want our fans to think that this is going to be all in the hands of Kenny Pickett. Obviously, there's also going to be general managers uh, listening in or within this meeting, uh, looking into it. Mike Tomlin's going to also have an opinion. He's going to do what he believes is best, uh, which is a little bit scary because he doesn't like to get rid of people. Um, But I am happy to know that Matt Canada... Well, no, I'm happy to know that Kenny Pickett's uh, opinion will be taken into account here um, because it's been speculated that Kenny Pickett is not a fan of Matt Canada at the moment. So I'm hoping that that can kind of tip the scales there. But yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't doubt that we can get more wins than we did this year if Matt Canada stays next year, just because we're going to be a more efficient offense, we're going to be a more experienced offense, but I don't see us making a deep playoff run like we could if we got a new offensive coordinator. So that's my rant on Matt Canada. Uh, Dill, anything you want to add on this subject? No, I don't, I don't have anything about Matt Canada. Um, One thing that I would like to see is, I would like to see some aggression in free agency. I've heard some people talk about, oh, they might potentially make a run for Tremaine Edmonds coming out of Buffalo. Mm. And I think that'd be smart, you know? I mean, like, we could use someone like that on the defense. I mean, especially because middle linebacker is a position that has absolutely killed. I mean, it's been killing us. It still is killing us. Like, we need help. And we have too many positions to fill in the draft, like offensive line, secondary. Like, we need help. We need more help there than we need in the middle, middle of the field on defense. That doesn't mean we don't need help there. So, like, the most help that you can get in one offseason will get you as quick as humanly possible to being Super Bowl contenders again. That's, like, that's the goal, I feel like. That's the end game here. Facts. Um, yeah, definitely free agency. I think Tremaine Edmonds is one of the big ones we need to pick up. 
And a lot of people are like, well, we've spent a lot of money on uh, inside linebackers. Do we want to keep doing it? Look, it doesn't seem like Devin Bush is going to be very likely to come back next year. So, like that, and technically in our rotations, we used three inside linebackers. We used Robert Spillane, Devin Bush, and we used Miles Jack. Um, Spillane was good on like 50% of the plays, but they kept trying to line this guy up in coverage. And I'm like, you literally have like a slab of meat and you're trying to put him on freaking Chris Olave and that's not going to work. All right. So I will go out and say this. Robert Spillane can't play coverage. It doesn't work. Tremaine Edmonds can play coverage. Now you might say Miles Jack could play coverage. He's decent in coverage, but he's not a coverage middle linebacker. He's a tackling middle linebacker. I'm saying if we bring in Edmonds, you have three different types of middle linebackers that would be ideal. And you're going to have Robert Spillane, who's going to be our stack the middle, stop the run, like big push kind of guy. You're going to have Miles Jack, who's going to be, you know, like cover the middle, um, if somebody breaks away, he's going to make the tackle or tackling kind of guy. Tremaine Edmonds can kind of be a mix of that tackler plus coverage because he's the tallest, fastest, and longest of any of the wide, or any of the linebackers that we would have if we brought him in. He's yep. going to be the guy who's, you know, bat those balls down, possibly get a pick, um, force a fumble. He's the guy that's more likely to do that. And I'm saying you get a good rotation like that. We like when we start figuring out defenses, you get a good rotation going in the middle of the game between them. Once we figure it out, the offensive scheme, that's going to be your best bet. And you might have a better chance at bringing him on because we technically have both of his brothers still in our rank. No, I don't think Trey's not on the team, is he? I, I could be wrong about this, but I thought I thought I read somewhere that they cut him in the off season like a while ago. But I, I could be completely and totally wrong i know they did cut him in the offseason but i believe they picked him up at i they he might have eventually gotten cut later in the season but i believe that at least at one point he got brought up to the practice squad or brought into the practice squad interesting i don't know how long it lasted but i remember seeing his name in the middle of the year and it wasn't that he got cut um yeah now right. he's he's also not picked up by any other team so his closest tie would probably still be Pittsburgh. So, yeah. I, but either way, we have his the his one brother that is actively playing in the NFL with us. So, who I, we also, by the way, I don't know if you said this already, but I'm going to say it again. Who we also need to re-sign in the off season. Who do we need to re-sign again? Terrell. Oh yeah, because he's going to be a free agent. And listen. I know he's had his ups and downs, but we cornerback is a significantly more important position that we need to fill in the secondary than safety. Because at least we have makeup. We don't have a number one corner. All right. Like we got Cam Sutton and we got Levi Wallace, who are both good in their own right, but they're not locked down. We need a lockdown corner. Right. I, and, I agree. I, I'd rather spend some like lower level money on Edmonds, who is maybe not the best safety but think about it we have him he's solid he's gonna let some plays go but he's gonna make some pretty decent plays he's gonna make some big plays i'd rather have him than go wasting money on somebody who will more than likely just do the same thing yep 
Um, and we also have William Jackson, who I he's a cornerback, but I I mean he's we, also a pending free agent, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I mean we signed him for a year and he didn't play, so I could reasonably see us bringing him back. Um, but he's somebody that's also depth in the cornerback and possibly safety position. Um, but yeah, like right now we have Casey, we have Minka, and we have Terrell. And I don't really want to go out and spend too much more to bring in somebody new when we already have somebody that's been in our system for a really long time and has done pretty good things with us. Yeah. Um, cornerback, we we need to address that most accurately in the draft. We're, we're not going to cover the draft a lot today or really much at all. But I do say – I will say cornerback, I don't think there's a ton of really good free agent cornerbacks and it looks like it's a decent cornerback-filled draft. So that's where I want to see us get the cornerbacks from. Hope yeah. we get sure. Joey Porter Jr. Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. So we'll, that should we'll, be ideal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, other than – there's really – I don't think there's a ton of free agents we're really worrying about this year besides Terrell. Oh um, uh, no, there's a lot. Derek Watt's going to be a free agent. Oh, well, um, I do like I do not see us letting Derek Watt go. He's done more for our team this year than he has in any of his previous years. So I, this would be a really bad time to let him go. Yeah. Um. What are the other free agents? I've kind of been lacking on. Keeping let up me. I need to find a list. Give me one second. Uh, gosh. So I know Edmonds. I know Watt. I'm pretty sure that uh, what's his name? Jackson is too. True. No, not true. Rudolph is going to be a free agent. Oh, I I really well. I see us bringing back one of either Mitch or Mason. Probably not both though. Well, Mitch is on for another. He's signed for another. Oh, year. he is. He is signed for two years. Um. Then yeah, I personally don't Ooh. see us bringing Mason. Um. We could okay. just to have kind of like that backup because there was almost a time that we needed three QBs this year. Yep. Um. But I don't know. All right. So we'll have. And you can give your thoughts after I list some of the big ones. Yeah. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, Mason Rudolph, Devin Bush, Cam Sutton, Derek Watt, Tyson Alualu, Marcus Allen, we already said Edmonds, Robert Spillane, Chris Wormley, DeMonte Casey, Trent, Trent Scott, um, Benny Snell, uh, and I'll throw James Pierre in there just because he's, you know, yeah. he's a regular. Dang. So this is going to be a more interesting free agency offseason than I thought. Yeah. Big two that I heard in there that we need to bring back are Chris Wormley and Larry Ogunjobi. You think Wormley? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, he didn't do a ton this year. I think he was partially injured. But this man is a huge depth guy. He got a lot of pressure last year. And he's somebody that I, I really think can stop the run when he plays to the level that he we know he can. 
Yeah. Um, if we can find somebody in the draft that can compensate for him, if we play the draft well enough, then I would be a little bit more okay with letting him go. Especially mm-hmm. if we do keep Larry O. Um, that that's when you said that one like right off the bat. That was when I was like, we have to keep him. Yeah. Is he he balled out at the end of the season? And really, I think he only got one or one and a half sacks. But that man almost single handedly brought back our run defense. Like he was getting pressure, stopping the run, getting tackles for loss uh, more than most inside line or inside uh, linemen on our team. And he's he's somebody that we we really got to bring back. I also strongly recommend bringing back Demonte Casey. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I think Spillane can be good in a rotation and good depth, mm-hmm. but definitely we, we can't offer a lot for him. Like we, we got to give him kind of a lower deal, probably a lower deal than he's at right now, because in, in all reality, he hasn't been playing up to snub. But he's somebody that he's been on so many Steelers podcasts. He's been on so many things, just like giving back to the community, talking about Pittsburgh. He's somebody that I could reasonably see taking a little bit of a pay cut if it means that other people get to stay and it means we have the best team possible. He seems like a really good dude. And that's what I love. Granted, a lot of these guys are one-year guys. um, But that's what I love about people that we bring into the Steelers organization more often than not is they're – not just community-driven guys, but they're team-driven guys. And a lot of the times, if it's better for the team, then they, they'll take it lower pay cut. They'll take something like, you know, less money or maybe a shortened contract or not as many years if it means that it's going to help the team. Terrell Edmonds, he actually said that he really wants to come back and be a Steeler. He also said that after free agency this year, he knows a little bit more about how things work in like negotiation and stuff. And he said, he's going to try and do his best to come back and be a sealer. And I'm like, you know what? I, I respect that. And also I, with him, with us bringing him back this year and him still having a pretty decent season, I don't see us not bringing him back next year if he wants to come back. Yeah. But uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on that large free agency list? Oh, wait, 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 before well, we no, get no, 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 you wait, 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 wait. No, 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 my... no. I, I didn't. <laughs> but Trent Scott, I forgot about Trent Scott. Zach, I, I broke the freaking podcast thing. I what actually closed do? out of it and I tried to join back in and now it sounds weird. So I'm going to try and leave and come back and see if that works. Oh, man. Okay. Give me one second. Oh, wait, they were just on top of each other. Oh, nice. Okay, I think, yeah. I mean, it didn't... Okay. I, yeah. All right. right. Good to talk about Trent Scott for crying out loud. All right. Uh, bef- my, the last Trent Scott, who we about. never saw on the field, by the way. No, I saw him once because I saw the Scott jersey and I got really excited. <laughs> um, I do... I, I personally... So this goes on to, like, what I want to happen, not necessarily what I expect. I want to bring back Trent Scott. So he played for Carolina last season. This past season played for us, but he was not a starter. He was one of our backup linemen. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, our starting linemen weren't that good. Why do you want to bring up one of our backup linemen? He was really good in Carolina. And to be a really good 
offensive lineman in Carolina means that you're really good. Yeah. <laughs> because they have a terrible O-line and a terrible O-line coach. True. So I'm like, this man was the only bright spot on that O-line. Why couldn't he be the same for us? Apparently, we didn't see something we liked in him, which I think is one of the few. Actually, I can't say few because we had not a great season, especially at the beginning. But it was one of the mistakes that our team made is that we overlooked Mr. Trent Scott. Um, I want to see us bring him back. Um, I want to see him work hard to get at least close to a starting lineman spot. And, you know, maybe because he's not a starter, we can give him less money. Um, but but I want to, I want to bring him back. I want to see my boy Trent Scott get some starting time next, next year. So, uh, you know what? Why not? Yeah. Now that's obviously if we have it in the cap space, if we don't, then I will permit him to leave. But oh, yeah. We have plenty of cap space. Yeah. I, I want to see my boy back. Yeah. But Dill, Dil, what's your free agency uh, thoughts at this point? Well, I definitely want Derek Watt back just because we we were actually using the fullback position towards the end of the season there. So I think you got to bring that. Yeah, bring him back so that you can like fully utilize it because he was a third down guy. Mm-hmm. And he, those are kind of hard to find. He's also and, a beast on special teams. Yeah, true. And uh, – I would say the other really big one. I mean, you. I agree with Ogan Joby. He's one. Of, he was one of my top ones. But you, you covered that pretty well. So I'm mostly going to throw Cameron Sutton out there because, Ooh, yeah. um, what other corners do we have? I mean, we got Levi Wallace, but I feel like Sutton has been our best. So I think he could be a very solid number two, assuming that we get a true number one in the draft. Um, so I think he's a must keep. Um. I wouldn't really be too upset if we let Mason Rudolph go. It honestly doesn't sound like he wants to be here anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I wouldn't be too upset about that. Um, I, I did not see the Trent Scott jersey, so I can't, I can't give a take on that because I wasn't paying attention, or I guess maybe I just wasn't able to watch that game. Dang. So, um, oh, uh, I don't – did you say – uh, did you talk about Devin Bush already? I did not, no. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk about Devin Bush because he also seems like he doesn't really want to be here. And frankly, uh, I wouldn't really be too broken up to see him go. I don't think he's I don't think he's a super valuable asset to the team. And frankly, I think it might be best for both parties if he just goes and finds another team because he I mean, he got he practically got benched for the last couple of games. So you know, I don't think that he's – I don't think that he's a necessity is basically what I'm trying to say. But I think if we're re-signing anyone, the biggest one is Cam Sutton. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, we need all the uh, cornerback help that we can get. Yeah. Um, but I do think that concludes our offseason uh, scoping for the moment. Uh, So last Steelers tidbit going in uh, is the superlatives for the year. Uh, So we have four superlatives for the year. We're each going to give you our pick on each of the superlatives. So you'll have technically eight choices in total. Um, Our superlatives are most valuable player, least valuable player, 
most likely to not return and our breakout player of the year. So uh, I'm going to start with my MVP. It was also who the team thought was the MVP of the year. I, I got to agree. I got to go Minka Fitzpatrick personally. Um, he was tied for the league lead in interceptions with six. Uh, he even missed, I believe, was it two games or one game? Oh, did he miss any? I know he missed one with appendicitis. Um, then I think that'd be it. Yeah. But I thought he missed another one because I don't think he had appendicitis for the Tampa Bay game. And I know he missed that one. Um, but regardless, he did miss some time. Um, but he's still – the, the, the biggest thing, though, is that, like, what? Four players tied for the league lead in interceptions. But I would argue, at least from what I saw, Minkas were the ones that actually turned the tide of the game. Yeah. We won the Bengals game at the beginning because of, first of all, his pick six. And second yep. of all, his blocked extra point. Mm-hmm. Um, we sealed the game for uh, Atlanta with his interception. And his pick in the middle of the game was really, I think, what shifted the momentum away from the Raiders offense in the Immaculate Reception anniversary game. Yep. Um, one of three in that game, not for him, but for the team. And also, he got six on a team that led the league in interceptions. So, um, which, so I, I do want to kind of point this out. It doesn't really have to do with Minka at the moment, but it is a pretty cool stat. So, technically, the Steelers didn't lead the league in sacks like we have for the six years prior. So that streak ends, but we still have an NFL record for most seasons in a row leading the league in sacks. But I don't know if this is an official stat, but over those past six years, since we are in, I guess now seven, since for six of them, we led the league in sacks this year, we led the league in interceptions for at least seven years. The Steelers defense has led the league in a defensive category. It's pretty good. So um, I kind of want to look that up if there's an official stat on that. Um, There probably isn't, but it's probably not that hard to figure out. So I I do want to say our defense has been leading in something over the last multiple years, which is very entertaining and very, very nice. But, Dill, who's your MVP of the year? Well, as fate would have it, Zach, we chose the same MVP. Nice. Because I don't – I mean, there's just – you can't make a solid argument for T.J. Watt this year because he missed so much time. Agreed. And, I mean, you know, who else Who else is there? The only other person I could think of off the top of my head would be Fryermuth. Yeah. But, I, don't, I mean, he didn't – you know, he was a third down guy, but he did not have the kind of impact that Minka had. So, I think Minka takes – I don't think there's much debate. I think Minka takes this one. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so, another interesting one, though, I, I'm – kind of excited for this one least valuable player now i do want to preface this for the fans this is uh mainly just starters so this is somebody like obviously practice squad players are the least valuable no offense to the practice squad players but they don't play you really just did the practice squad players like that sorry 
the XFL is, would kill for guys like that, and here you are just casting them under the bus. I apologize. I apologize. But this this is you for savage. this is for starters, or at least like just below starter status that's still got decent playing time. Um, I I gotta say, least valuable player. Oof. Um, I I kind of hate to do this to him. Um, I gotta go Kendrick Green with all the all the pre-snap penalty in like the holding, it's all the penalties. It was Kendrick Green, right? Not Dan Moore. No, it was Dan Moore. Oh dang. Okay, then um, oh, and I don't want to do Dan Moore because he actually stops Miles Garrett in both of the games that we played. So, oh. Um, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna I'm a little hesitant on this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do Dan Moore. I'm gonna do Dan Moore Jr. Because look, you can attribute a lot of our problems on offense, Matt Canada, and to maybe not clicking well and quarterback carousel at the beginning of the year, and maybe some rookie mistakes. But we had more pre-snap penalties than most teams in the league. Uh we kept shooting ourselves in the foot with holding and all things like that. And that came from Dan Moore more than any other player. Yeah. And you know what? He had some bright spots, mainly in uh, Brown's games, because that man made Miles Garrett nearly irrelevant in those games, which is kind of shocking. But I'm going to mainly use this as ammunition to say that Miles Garrett is overrated. So, um, I don't know if that's really as impressive as people say it is considering how much he kind of sucked for the rest of the year. So if you're looking at somebody that's really not that good, but somehow he's holding miles Garrett to like one sack in two games, then I really don't think miles Garrett is all that amazing, but you know, that's a hot take, not my hot take, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm throwing Dan Moore out here. Sorry, buddy. But also not that sorry. Jeez. Oh, All right, Dill. Who you got for least valuable? <sighs> See, I was I was between Dan Moore and a couple other guys. He was one of them. But you did him, so I'm not gonna do him. Um I'm gonna go with the man who just recently actually won the award for dumbest penalty in the history of penalties. It's a man by the name of Marcus Allen. Because let me ask you a question. What exactly has he contributed to this team other than stupid penalties? He was a half-decent special teamer, but yeah. I didn't really hear his name this year. Yeah, half-decent special teamer whose most memorable moment is charging into the other team's huddle like an idiot. If, I, if that wasn't for our team, I would still be laughing for that. All right, facts. I mean, I don't like how – uh, I, and like mostly because like he's just. <sighs> it also negated twenty yards, or no, seventeen yards of sack. Yep. So yeah, I did I, say Marcus I, Allen, right? You did say Marcus okay, Allen. Okay, for okay, I was, for a second my brain switched to someone else, and I was like, "That's not him." Anyway, um. Yeah, if you're like a superstar and you do something stupid like that, is it still stupid? Yes. Can you get away with it because you're a superstar? Sure. But I mean, this guy, what has he done exactly? Because it hasn't been much. It, it yeah. honestly 
it really does not get much more it doesn't get much less valuable than Marcus yeah. Allen, in my humble opinion. I I can definitely agree with the reasoning there. Um most likely not to return is next. There's two that I'm debating on here. I'm personally though going to say Devin Bush. Uh, the other one I was considering is uh, Deontay Johnson, but I'm I'm gonna lean Devin Bush here. Just we declined his fifth year option, and uh, just because he didn't give us any reason to bring him back, so just because of that, I don't think he's gonna be coming back. And I, there's really not much else to say there. He just he didn't perform the way we, he should have. If the guy worried about his job. So, yeah, I I can reasonably see us giving him away or getting rid of him. Uh, but what's your pick, Dylan? Uh, it's, well, funny enough, I was also going to go with Devin Bush. Just, I mean, for reasons I said earlier, I, he's, I think he's done with Pittsburgh and I think Pittsburgh's done with him. So I think it's, I think it'll be uh, mutually beneficial if they just kind of leave each other alone. And I think that that's going to end up happening. Yeah. All right. And our final superlative is breakout player of the year. I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett. He mainly because of comment made by Chris Collinsworth at the end of the Ravens game that Patrick Mahomes made that game winning play, then we would put him in the hall of fame right now. And you know what? This is a quarterback that if he continues to grow like he did through this year and break out like he did at the end of this year, he could be a Hall of Famer by the end of his career. And yep. he, he did what I expected he would do, but honestly a little bit more, uh, at least by the end of the year. Not really with his stats, but more with his attitude and his composure and who he turned out to be. So I'm very proud of him. Uh, I think he's going to be an absolute star in this league. And I'm really excited to see what he does for our organization. How about you, Dale? Pretty good. It's pretty good. Me personally, I'm going to go with Pat Fryermuth. And why I say that, because even though he didn't exactly have the touchdowns that I think a lot of people would expect out of top tight ends in the league, the reason he didn't have a lot of touchdowns is because no one on our team had a lot of touchdowns. For crying out loud, our starting quarterback threw more interceptions this year than he did touchdowns. So no one was scoring touchdowns this year. I mean, if you look at the way that Pat Fryermuth played, he was such a huge third down. Like when Kenny Pickett needed one of them third, I mean, if he needed a third and medium to third and long conversion, like you knew where he was going with the football. It was most likely going to be Pat Fryermuth. And I feel like guys like that are highly 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 undervalued in today's league so and i mean i'm actually gonna google his stats now but i i don't think he had quite over uh a thousand yards but he was close he had he finished the year with 732 uh or 63 receptions for 732 yards and two touchdowns so again the touchdown stat not great but the the receiving yard touchdown he didn't did he lead the team? In, I don't know. He either led the team or got close to leading the team in receive and receptions and receiving yards this year, which for a tight end is just it's not it's uncommon, right? And when you see a tight end that does that, it's like that's a pretty clear sign. 
that like he's gonna be a he's gonna be a star. And I think that this is his he's gonna only go on an upward tra- trajectory from here. So he's my breakout star for the year, and I think that he's gonna continue to break out over the next two or three years. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, and I do want to comment on you know two other tight ends that typically lead their team in receptions and receiving yards, or at least get close. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. You can't really get more star power than those two. So yeah. the fact that he's kind of in the same league as them as when it comes to reliability, that's something special. Yeah, so look for look for more guys to be breaking out in the coming years. I, I expect a handful of our offensive guys, especially George Pickens, to, to break out. And I think that um, Kenny Pickett's also going to break out within the next, I would say, year, within the next year or two. I know that's a bit of a hot take, but. You know, actually, speaking of hot takes, it's funny I should mention that. Thank you, me, Zach. Your hot take for the week. It's been a hot minute since we've had a hot take. So tell me, in I'm not going to say that. Tell me, Zach, what is your hot take for this week? Um, yeah, hot take for this week. Um, it's got to do with the draft, honestly. Um, I know we said we wouldn't talk too much about the draft, but you know, this is a hot take. We can talk about whatever we want. So. I'm going to talk about the draft. I'm going to talk about some trading. Uh, Because we almost made it to the playoffs uh, and we're in search of a corner, I think we're a little bit too low in the first round to really be able to look for Joey Porter Jr. There's some teams in front of us that need cornerbacks. So there's somebody on our team that, you know, kind of seems like he's running himself out of Pittsburgh. Uh, Maybe don't really need him too much. I could see us trading Deontay Johnson to another team in need of a wide receiver and getting their earlier first-round pick. I don't know which team it's going to be. I'm not here to say that at the moment, but I could see us trading Deontay Johnson for a higher draft pick to get Joey Porter Jr. That would give us two first-round draft picks, technically three first-round draft picks, uh, if we don't trade our other first-round draft pick in addition to it giving us one in most likely the top 10 and then our current draft pick and then our number 32 pick with uh, or from the Chicago Bears. And if you're wondering why it's number 32, it's because uh, because of the, uh, you know, mishandling of the concussion protocol, Miami lost their first round draft pick in like totally. So we technically have the 32nd pick overall, but I could reasonably see us doing this. Uh, in the recent days, Deontay Johnson has unfollowed a lot of the Steelers' social media, took off in his bio that he's a Pittsburgh wide receiver. Um, really just didn't seem, you know, just kind of seems fed up with the organization in a lot of ways. Um, Fun fact, he did not unfollow the Steelers. Really? I, I, As you said that, I literally just pulled it up to make sure he did not do that. Uh, well... He, he did take Pittsburgh wide receiver, I believe, out of his bio. That he did do, yes. Yeah. Um, but still, he's he's kind of running himself out of Pittsburgh, at least, like, kind of in some cases on the down low. And also, um, you know, if we have three first-round picks, we could pick up Jordan Addison. I'm going to add that into the hot take. So we get Joey Porter Jr. originally. We wait a little bit longer, use our second first-round pick to get uh, Jordan Addison. And that with that, we get our lockdown corner. We get a replacement for Deontay Johnson. Um, now, there's a little bit of controversy whether we want to get Jordan Addison. 
would that put too much uh, competition there between Addison and Pickens? I could argue that it would because Pickens is a very hot-headed guy. That picket-to-pickens connection is something that we definitely want to foster. Um, but say we don't get Addison, we get another offensive lineman. I'm just saying that is something that we can look for, and the Steelers are good at picking up good wide receiver talent in later rounds, like third, fourth, fifth round. Yep. So I'm not going to say Jordan Addison is necessarily likely, but it's possible at that pick. Um, but it gives us three options in the first round um, to get rid of a player that is starting to become a little bit toxic and honestly somebody that we don't really need because I do believe Calvin Austin is going to break out next year once he actually has some NFL games under his belt. You have a guy who has, you know, very low four-second speed for a 40-yard dash. Um, He's got amazing hands, barely drops anything in his combine. This man is impressive, and I kind of can't believe that we got him in – a round that was after the second round. Yeah. Um, I believe it was the fourth round. Um, right before the Ravens were supposed to take him. So I like that. But yeah, I, I believe that we get rid of Johnson. And you know what? I am going to end this with, I do like Deontay Johnson. I think he's been a great stealer for us. Um, I think he's been a little bit dramatic, but in, in reality, he he's done pretty good for us so far, and he's kept his cool pretty well so far. I think, in all honesty, he's ticked off with not having any touchdowns this year. Um, and you know what? If he needs to go somewhere where he's going to get more touchdowns, we know we're going to be okay without him. So, Deontay, if for some odd reason you're listening to this and uh, you are leaving the city of Pittsburgh, I will say thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for being a Steeler, and I wish you very much luck in whatever you do next. Uh, but that is it today for the podcast. Very long episode today, but we haven't been on for a while, so we wanted to give you as much content as we could. Uh, we did say we were going to do some playoff stuff, so we will actually put that in another video coming out this week. Um, but, yeah, that is it for the Steelers recap episode today. So we will see you all in the playoff episode coming out this week as well. So it's a double episode week. But, yeah, stay tuned, and uh, we are going to end this podcast the way the Steelers fans end every day. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go.